Hello, welcome to Moms Changing the World. This is your host, Akua Walker, Child Development Nurse Practitioner and CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer, introducing the new podcast, which is the place for moms to find encouragement, hope, and inspiration, where we're supporting moms in the trenches of motherhood. You will receive practical tips and strategies to address the developmental needs of your children with a positive parenting perspective in mind. Here at Moms Changing the World, we are moms on the journey of changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. The summary of doing that is let's not underestimate what our children can do. A lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of my friends, they said, if your child is young, then they're only capable of to this point. You can't go past that level because the child is so young. Those children will certainly surprise you. Hello, Moms Changing the World. This is your host, Akua Walker, Nurse Practitioner in Child Development and CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer, excited to bring you yet another incredible interview with an incredible mom who's changing the world one day at a time, one child at a time. Today, I'm excited to talk with Dr. Arlene Nichols-Phillips. Dr. Arlene Nichols-Phillips is founder and CEO of Renu Vita a company serving people from all walks of life, especially moms. She is a transformational consultant and life strategist who has been successfully changing lives over the past 30 years. After many years of being a yoga instructor and a financial analyst, she decided to combine the benefits and knowledge of both into her latest company, hence using the benefits of yoga to promote physical and mental well-being while teaching financial literacy to gain debt freedom and financial wellness. Renuvita will restore, renew, and revive self-confidence, reduce stress, and promote wellness, so as to find that complete balance. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. I, I am so excited to be here with you today, and thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why don't we start with having you tell us, you know, about your background, where you're from, and, you know, how your life is today. All right. Well, let's see. Where do I begin? I am originally from Trinidad, of Trinidad and Tobago. I mean, I don't know if you've heard of those twin islands, but that's where I'm from. I was born in Trinidad and migrated to the United States about 35 years ago. I try to get back to Trinidad maybe every two years, but of course, COVID has put a a little stomper on that for a moment. But yes, that's where we are. I am, Trinidad is very cosmopolitan. And so I grew up in a, in a very culturally accepting world. And moving to the United States um, was a little bit of an eye opener in, in the sense that I really was never pegged into a racial or ethnic corner per se. And and I find talking to other people who have migrated from the Caribbean, they have very similar stories. You know, they were not 
fully aware of what it meant to be of um, of a certain ethnicity coming from the Caribbean, because that's not really dwelled on as much as it is in the U.S. I, either way, I think uh, growing up in the Caribbean gave me a broader perspective, not only on my life, but on, uh, on, the, on the world as a whole. And so I look at things through my rose-colored glasses, I want to say, and I see things quite differently from some of my peers. With that said, being a mom, uh, everything that I know how to be a mom, I learned from my own mom. And that, in a sense, is very exciting. And I can take that anywhere in the world that I decided to to go. To go, yeah. I mean, it's incredible when you do have different cultural perspectives and different heritage, you know, backgrounds, right, that come yes. from growing up in a whole different world. And it it helps to bring those perspectives to light, you know, when we're interact- interacting, because so much of what we, you know, how we interact in America, you know, we take for granted, right, that it, if it's this way here, it must be this way everywhere. And so I think it's great that you can shine a light that it can be so different. And we yes. can work together as a, a global community to engage in different ways. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So I like to start really practical. Yeah, I know your child is you know, grown now and not in your home per se as an adult. But I'm curious, you know, what were some of the go-to meals, you know, when you were raising your son? When I was raising him, well, anything that's quick. And fortunately, my husband is very skilled with cooking. His culinary mm-hmm. skills extend further than I want to say than most, but um, (laughs) he was able to help out a lot when it comes to preparing meals. When my son was young, we tried, we kept him away from sugars as as an early age and um, no soda and all of those things. I was just trying to do what I thought was, was what, what I learned from my own mother. And I thought was right. I would perpetuate it, you know, give him lots of fruit and stay away from sodas and no junk food and all of that. In fact, whenever he had McDonald's or something, it was almost a reward. You know, um, he used to, we started him with piano lessons very early. And as a reward for doing really well at piano, we would stop at McDonald's on the way home. So that was a reward for him. And so it was not part of an everyday existence like some other kids that I knew at the time, but we kept it at minimum because I was trying to always feed him and you know, the best thing that I knew learning from my own mother. Right, right. And your cultural background, you can tell us a little bit about your ethnicity since many won't, you know, see you, but how did your cultural background infuse into how you cooked? Well, I am half East Indian and we eat a lot of curry, a lot of curry. And my family, even though my husband is American and um, uh, my son, they love curry. So that was never a hang up in my household. We eat a lot of curry even today when my son comes to visit, I have to cook curry. And in fact, now, even as an adult, he has learned how to cook some of the, some of the dishes. So kudos to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's perpetuated. Um, I, now I am vegetarian. I try to stay away from meat entirely. I grew up eating very little meat anyway. And, and my son also eats very little meat. My husband with his Southern American palate, he likes to have his meat. (laughs) Yes, I know all about that. (laughs) Right, right. And yet you can still bring out those flavors in in all the foods that you eat. So, I mean, I love curries. I love 
the different spices and, and blends. Can you give us the secret? You know, what is this, your, the secret to a great well, you know, curry? All right. If you're cooking uh, fish or seafood, if you're currying seafood or fish, you go lighter on the chilies. You, I would, I would focus more on the turmeric and the, you know, curry is really a blend of spices. So you have turmeric and a little cinnamon, a little, you know, you, you and then you have the the basic uh, madras curry that we I have from Trinidad with me. I try to whenever I can find a Caribbean grocery store and stock up on those type spices that I was raised on. So it makes it easier for me. And uh, if I'm if my husband is trying to curry beef or chicken or something, he would go a little more with the paprika, the more smoky flavor. But if you're doing seafood, you'll go lighter on that. And then, of course, chili. We love hot, spicy food. So we put some chili in that blend. And uh, and you basically, you, you do your curry blend to your palate. Some people like things spicier than others and um, others not. But again, raised with it. My son, growing up, he, to this day, enjoys spicy food. Mm-hmm. Now, with that said, you know, Trinidad... As cosmopolitan as it is, we are also influenced by some of the Africans that came into the mm-hmm. island. Mm-hmm. So we also do some um, some root vegetables, you know, what we would call mm-hmm. cassava, or you would know mm-hmm. as yucca, or yeah. the plantains and the sweet potatoes and the edos and different things like that. We use a lot of those too. Uh, so we really... We truly have a good blend going on. And um, yeah, so we can, we have that influence coming from all different directions. And Mm. so I think it gives us a broader perspective when it comes to uh, culinary appreciation. Right, right. uh, Yeah, yeah, I I love the fusion of flavors, you know, being from Ghana, you know, West Africa myself, you know, I grew up with a lot of the tomato-based stews and the different yeah, uh, starches that you're mentioning as far as cassava, yam, and even like, you know, uh, corn, you know, that's also fermented and uh, almost like a tamale yes. style, you know, as one right, of the starches right. along with rice. And green but, bananas. Don't forget yeah, those. A lot of people don't realize that you can cook green bananas. Yes, that's right. And it's, that's right. it's small. It gives you a more potato type flavor than when it ripes, it's sweet. sweet. But when yeah. it's, when it's green, it's more, you can put it as a savory side. Yeah. 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 Good. Love. Yeah. Love that. And I, I appreciate that. Uh, yes. you, know, you mentioned starting early with children. I think that's a, an important developmental, you know, uh, nugget in that, you know, I think I, I did try to introduce the, the vegetable-based eating, you know, very well, very early with my children. And then the spices, I think I, I held back and I was maybe too cautious on the spices as such that, they, you know, they tend to be a little more, you know, uh, a little more cautious <laughs> when it comes to spice, whereas some of my, you know, other, you know, African friends or other culture friends that just introduced it in small amounts, you know, from a very early age. Yes. Other children love the spices love better. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I think developmentally, that's a, an important point, you know, that if you yes. can you know, get children used to what, how you eat as early as possible, they will, they will embrace it even more. They will. They grow. They will. And my son being an only child too, he tried to emulate what his parents were doing. So if this is what we're eating, he wants to so want to be like an adult right. too, he would eat exactly. the same thing. He doesn't and, want to be uh, left out. Yeah, he didn't want to be left out. Exactly. And we incorporated him in almost everything that we did. Even if I was telling a friend recently that at dinner time, we would sit at the table, the three of us together. And if we had a discussion going, we will always ask his perspective. You know, we'll say, you know, Nathan, so if you had to make a decision on this, what would you do? 
just to see how his little mind was working and get him thinking outside of the box, you know? We always gave him a voice. And I think being a Black male in this country, that serves him well even today because I was helping him develop a sense of confidence in himself, knowing that, well, I have a voice too, and I know what I bring to the table. Uh, it, it was something that we sort of nurtured from a very young age for him. We never, you know, I grew up thinking with the parents saying, okay, I'm the parent and this is the rule. This is what I said. You don't question it. You just go along with it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I sort of bent the rule a little bit there, raising my own. I gave him a voice. Okay. So what would you do? Tell us your opinion on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. And, you know, the, the family meal, the family table is an an incredible opportunity for those conversations, right? I think. You know, we're so on the go. Our screens are always on. The TV's on. And the, we, we, and we're in the car. And the video, you know, displays are built in. You know, it, there's so many opportunities, like you said, to include children in the conversation yes. rather than, in, you know, distract them with a screen, right? Or, or have them go and do yeah. something else. So I, I love that encouragement to just ask, what would you do about yes. this? Or what do mm-hmm. you think about this? And get them early pitching in, right? And thinking through what they might say or do in a similar situation. Exactly. And it gets it gives you an insight as to how they're thinking. And and yeah, it Mm -hmm. gives them also an opportunity to learn how to express themselves. That that little little scenario has a lot of teaching factors in there. It 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 was doing a lot. It was not just finding out how he was thinking. It was allowing him to grow. It was allowing him to learn how to express himself. It was allowing him to it was it was doing a lot of things at different levels. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's incredible. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Yeah. Did you always want to be a mom? As, as I got married, I knew I wanted to be a mother. I wanted to be a mother because I want. I think I just had a lot to offer, and I wanted to be able to share what I learned from my own mother. And I know my mother loved having grandkids, so I, as soon as I got married, <laughs> not before getting married, now because you know, you know how those things traditional, are. traditional, traditional very traditional. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, I wanted to be a mother. Yeah. And is it the way you expected it would be? To be honest with you, it far surpassed what I could have ever imagined. The level mm-hmm. of love, the, I don't know, looking into the eyes of that baby, it opened up windows in my heart that I didn't even know existed. And even today, my son is an adult. We have a very unique relationship, my son and I. And it just warms my heart just talking about him. You know, uh, it's a level of love that I think does not exist other than with a parent and their child. And I totally embrace it. I just love being a mother. Yeah, it's such a special and like you said, unique relationship that is, is like, you know, they're never, never far from your heart. You know, they're never far away, uh, even if you're not, you know, next to them yeah. or engaging with them because they're really an extension, you know, of who you are. Yeah. 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 Say, this is the year of renewal. It is. And I think that ties in so that. 
directly with me because, as you know, my business is Renovita, which basically means renewed life. Mm. And so for me, renewal means identifying and reevaluating what we've learned throughout the quarantine of 2020, using lessons and being stronger. Many of mm-hmm. us became closer to our kids, spouses, and families during COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we actually, we learn how to homeschool kids. We learn how to enjoy home-cooked meals. And most of all, I think we became more engaged with each other. We've, mm-hmm. we've learned how to reconnect. It yeah. was a renewal of family. That's it right. was a revival of family relationships. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh. and it was restoring order in the in the home. Yes, and yes, it, it was a beautiful opportunity to do that. The thing that renewal means to me is, as as Ranavita does, it gives a renewing of your personal goals. It gives a renewing. It represents a renewal of your life passion. It is, it's about restoring balance in your life. That's what actually my business focuses on. But the picture is so broad. And I think COVID brings that to the forefront. That this, yeah, this, this era of quarantining and learning to appreciate what is right in front of us. It's a total renewal all around, I think. Right, right. And so then how did you find that as your passion? Well, I've always liked teaching. Teaching has always been something that I like sharing knowledge, whether it's knowledge about relieving stress through yoga techniques or learning how to become debt-free through financial literacy. Or, I mean, it just seems like everything, I've always been sharing whatever I know, I feel. If I can help someone else, I share my knowledge. Knowledge to me is wasted if it's not put to use. And so for me, Sharing, imparting information has always been a passion. And so being able to tie in what I learned with yoga strategies and financial information, and basically I found a lot of people needed to learn about money. Everybody was using Mm -hmm. money and not really understanding how it works. So that in itself became a passion for me and especially helping moms, especially Mm -hmm. helping moms, because we are the accountants in the home. You know, we have to learn how to budget the resources. We have to, I hear of the moms who are clipping coupons or doing things. They do whatever is necessary. And we just, we have all the hats that we wear. So that's um, my focus is on moms for a number of years. And then, of course, men, you know, came into the picture and said, well, you know, we need to know this information too. So now I've opened it up to everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And in, in many ways, as moms, you know, it starts with, you know, kind of passing it along to our children. So, you know, tell me how you impact children, you know, inside and outside of your home, children who would come into your life. All right. Uh, yes. Especially way. after, yeah. after, you know, my son was grown, other people wanted to know, mm-hmm. how did you get your kid mm-hmm. to learn to read at such an early age? They wanted mm-hmm. to know, what mm-hmm. were some of the things that you did with your own child that I can do with mine? How did you get mm-hmm. this done? And so, yeah, they... I was, again, sharing what I did as a mom. Mm-hmm. I was sharing, not, mm-hmm. not all kids are the same, but again, the technique that I was doing, and I didn't read it in a book. Sometimes you just follow your own <laughs> intuition. I was sharing mm-hmm. it with other moms. And so you embrace their kids as your own, and they come mm-hmm. and, and you, you treat them like your own. And, and children, are, children are a unique 
set of people. They Mm -hmm. sense right away those people who are welcoming and those who are not. And, uh, and we have always welcomed anybody who brought their kids in our home, uh, you know, and we treated everyone like, like they were our own kids. And, um, you know, we were blessed with only one, but we knew that our love extended past the one. So, yeah, other people would bring their kids. We would embrace them as our own. And, yeah, and it becomes this, this network, this community, right? Exactly. That just grows and grows and grows. Yes, yes. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. Good. So with Renu Vitae, you know, how do you help, you know, moms and, and dads or, you know, all people find that balance? All um, right. Well, I can give you three nuggets. First thing I want people to understand is with regarding finances, mm-hmm. you pay yourself first. Mm-hmm. If you wait until after all the bills are paid mm-hmm. to try to save, there will be no saving. Because there will always be something that needs to be paid. Right. So I, I have always said, if you're involved in, in your church, you, you give your church 10% of your salary, then you give yourself 10%. Mm-hmm. And you learn to live on 80%. You adapt your lifestyle to live within the parameters of that 80%. Make sure your savings is a line item on your household budget. Mm-hmm. that's the way you get ahead financially. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was one of the first things, pay yourself first. Another thing I found that if you set things to happen automatically, it has a better chance yeah, of yeah. being done. Right. I, I read a book years ago called The Automatic Millionaire. I don't know if you ever heard of that book. No, I haven't. And the author, uh, the author ex- escapes me at the moment. But he basically said that if you mm-hmm. set things up to happen automatically, you have a better chance of it happening. Mm-hmm. So set your savings up to happen automatically. Mm-hmm. When you when you get paid and your check goes automatically into your checking account, mm-hmm. set the deductions up to happen automatically. And so you know when you look at your balance, that's what that's your eighty percent that's left. That's mm-hmm. what you've got to work within. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we have a saying, if we don't see it, we don't miss it. Mm-hmm. It works perfectly there because you don't see the big amount. You see what's left mm-hmm. after all your savings is already taken care of. So this is the 80%. These are the boundaries you've got to work with. And mm-hmm. you have way but at the end of the year, you look and say, wow, I would not have done that if I had to manually do this every month mm-hmm. because things happen and there will mm-hmm. always be a reason to spend this. So, Yeah. The automatic millennial. I'll put that plug in there for that book. That's a that's a really good book. And the third thing is about having a cushion. Now, Mm -hmm. one thing I thought about, I I used to teach, is that a cushion will equate to maybe three months of your salary. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to have a cushion. This is like an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. Emergencies, life happens, right? Right. I I tell people we all drive cars, Mm -hmm. and we have. We have an extra wheel in our trunk mm-hmm. in case we get a flat. It's not saying that we're going out looking to get a flat, but we're prepared in case we do. Well, this is what that emergency fund does. Mm-hmm. We have this little spare tire in our savings in mm-hmm. case we get a flat financially. Mm-hmm. We've got this cushion in place. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yes, and, because you know, I think... it is so easy for something to happen in your life and it mm-hmm. derails everything. 
Right. And COVID really, COVID really brought that to the surface, didn't it? It did. A lot of people were faced with, with situations and challenges that they did not perceive before COVID. Right. So this is the reality of life. It's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 a new, it's an old reality, but to many, it's a new reality. Yeah. Yeah. Planning ahead to have, um, you know, that, that three to six month cushion, because like you said, you know, COVID and you know, ends up being, you know, a year plus, right. Exactly. Um, Exactly. We're still in recovery mode. And so it it really is that three month, you know, minimum um, should be there because if you can, you know, get that three to six months that gives you even more of a window. Exactly uh, to support correct. things exactly that happen, correct. you know. Remember the spare tire in your truck. <laughs> That's right. I love <laughs> that analogy. Yeah. And, yes. you know, the autopilot kind of reminder as well, mm-hmm. right? That, exactly. You know, if we can just put something in automatic, then it doesn't take up brain space. It doesn't, we don't have to make decisions about it, right? And our brain works so much better if it can just be in that autopilot mode. Exactly. You don't see it, you don't miss it. Miss it, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Great. And then your first nugget about, you know, paying yourself first. You know, we often will prioritize everything and everyone else before ourselves. And yes. so if we don't make sure that we're taking care of us, you know, who else will, right? If we exactly. don't prioritize ourselves, exactly. who else will? So. Yes, and in fact, that nugget extends to self-well-being as well. Right. Not just finances, but also the concept of well-being. Yeah. Because if you don't take care of you, the mom in the household, then you can't take care of the family. Right. The rest yeah. of the household. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You take care of yourself first. A lot of us were raised in cultures where we think if you focus too much on yourself, you're being conceited or you're being selfish. But the reality is that if you are to hold up the family, you've got to be strong enough. And the only way you can be that way is if you take care of you. That's right. That's right. And, you know, with all that is going on in the world right now, culturally, ethnically, you know, and you touched a little bit on this earlier, but, you know, tell us about your, you know, your family and your child's ethnic makeup and how you talk to him and others, you know, about race and empathy in that notion, right, of, of how, do, how we, do we see ourselves? How do we care for ourselves? so that we can operate in this bigger world? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, as I mentioned before, I am of mixed ethnic makeup. Mm-hmm. My my father's side of the family is where the East Indian comes from. My mother's actually, my father's side is, is, is Indian and, and African. Mm-hmm. And my mother's side is Spanish and French. And I mm-hmm. guess there's a tinge of something along the way. But mm-hmm. uh, so we have all of this going on. And yet we're all just Trinidadian. Right. You know, we have all of this mixture going on, but we're, yes, Mm -hmm. there's the fusion. But raising my son in America, he is a black male in this country. And Mm -hmm. the first thing we have to do, we had to do was help him understand what that means, because Mm -hmm. it's different. It's different for black males as it is black females in the United States, as you probably know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to uh, make sure that when we send him out into the world, that we're sending him armored to face whatever that he has to face out there. He has to first understand who he is. Our son is, he, he is very empathetic, not just to his own plight of being a black man, but he's empathetic to others. And we just love that about him. He's not very controversial or anything like that. And 
you know, he he understands without making a big point about it. He said, you know what, I treat everybody like everybody else. And I just do the best that I can for anybody that I meet, regardless of what they look like or who they are. And that is such an incredible makeup of his persona that we could not be more proud of who he has evolved into as an adult. He, I mean, he, I I just, I, I talk about him because he is my son and you can tell I am a very proud mother. Right. He he has developed into an incredible young man, yeah. and, um, inside and out. And understanding history does not mean that you're reliving it, but it means that you are better prepared to face the future. Understanding mm-hmm. history, and that's where he is. He um, he doesn't wear it on his sleeve. He just goes out and be the best. He he goes out to be the best person that he can, regardless of who crosses his path. Yeah, that's incredible. And you know, that has to start young. And in in how you, you're probably talking to him, how you're what you're exposing him to. And you you were telling me that your family has other businesses and that factored into how you taught him about you know the larger world and how to operate in it. Yes. Tell us about that. Yes. Uh, my my husband's uh, family, they owned a funeral business. Mm-hmm. And so um being exposed to death or how death affects families and realizing that death has no it, it it can cross any path at any time it doesn't matter who you are what you are where you came from or anything like that it it made us see look we're really just here for that amount of time mm-hmm. you have to make the best of that moment and you have to be prepared for the next person not being in your life because it can happen at any time mm-hmm. and so i took the chance of trying to impart on him i told you earlier before i like to impart mm-hmm. knowledge so you know i was trying to impart mm-hmm. on him everything that i knew so that in case i'm not here tomorrow mm-hmm. he would have learned this from his mother Mm-hmm. If his father is not here tomorrow, he would have learned this from his father. We didn't want to leave anything to chance. I remember I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> At an early age, I think he must have been about five or six. And we'd pull up at an ATM and I would give him my my card and I said, Go get us, go get us a hundred bucks. And my mother-in-law is sitting in the car seat with us. And she said, Aren't you afraid he's going to make a mistake? Does he know all the right password numbers and everything? Aren't you afraid he's going to mess things up? And I said, absolutely not. Because mm-hmm. I have the confidence that he has learned what I taught and he knew mm-hmm. what he was about. And to him, that gave him a sense of confidence. Like mom has all of this confidence in me. So he, he, he has it. And, you know, and he mm-hmm. has it in his mind. He goes there and he does it right every time. And she was just blown away because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't just give. That's a huge responsibility for a little kid. My God, what if he went in and just punched in the wrong numbers? You know, that could be <laughs> devastating. But again, I had the confidence that he knew what he was doing in order for me to give him that task. And he never failed. He was correct every time. And yeah, again, I wanted to continually teach him everything I knew. When I thought it was good for him to learn it. So, yes. Yeah, that's great. And <laughs> it, it does give us that push, right, to not take for granted that we have, you know, yeah. a, a year, five years, 10 years, 40 years, right, right. with our, yeah. our children. To I tell you, the funeral learn. business is an eye opener because it really, it brings, we don't want to think of death at all. 
but it's part of life. Right. And, um, and, and being in that business, it brings it to the forefront. And I think it makes you better prepared when it does come along. Even though you're never really prepared, but it, it gives you a better perspective, I think. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I, I just think that the summary of doing that is let's not underestimate what our children can do. A lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of my friends, they say if your child is young, then they're only capable of to this point. You can't go past that level because the child is so young. Those children will certainly surprise you. Yeah. Extend yeah. the boundaries just a little bit and they will they would surprise you every time. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we can teach them, right, show them, have them practice while we're there and while we can support them and, and you know, instill that confidence, then there's no reason why they, they can't do it. There's no reason exactly. why they, they, they shouldn't do it, right? Exactly. Um, it's not that you're just going to, you know, push them out of the boat, right? Sink or swim, right? You're going to prepare them. You're going prepare to them. You're going to show them how it's done. Mm-hmm. You're going to talk mm-hmm. it through. You're going to problem solve so that, you know, when they walk up to the ATM, right, of life, like, you know, they'll know what to do. Exactly. So that's, exactly. that's very important. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I just think a lot of it, and, and part of that was maybe my upbringing, you know, they felt, okay, well, if you're a child, you're you're in the, this box here. And if you're an adult, mm-hmm. you're in this box here. It's mm-hmm. just the way the culture is. But for me, when I became a mother, I said, you know what? Let's not put boundaries. Let, I mean, he, we put boundaries on what was expected of him, but it was not in the small box. His box was way bigger, you know? And and we realized, yeah, he he could do it. He, he could run that marathon when it's needed. He could step up to the plate and hit a home run when, when, when needed. Let's not put limitations on what our kids can do. Give them an opportunity and they will never disappoint. Yeah, that's that's very powerful. And it causes us, right, to also push ourselves, right, out of our comfort zone or out of our smaller box, right? We have to open our mind to what is is possible for them. That's correct. That is correct. It starts with (laughs) us. Yeah, great, great. So then we'll take a kind of a little like a quote unquote snack break and talk a little bit about quarantine snacks. You know, uh, are there some, especially when you're trying to, it sounds like, you know, do less of the, the meat or protein in that way. You know, what are some of the favorite, you know, healthy snacks? Well, I love nuts. Mm-hmm. I love nuts. Um, almonds, love almonds. And sometimes I get those veggie chips, oh, kale chips. That's a that's a, one of my favorite things, and I get those from. Here's another plug. I get those from Whole Foods. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, that's a favorite of mine but, too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and they have the cheesy ones. You know, the ones that's just dusted, or like the the hot mm-hmm. ones where they have like chili sauce, chili mm-hmm. powder on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Kale that gives chips. a nice little kick. <laughs> yes, yes. And I know a lot of people said, you know, it's easy to make your own, but mm-hmm. I live right across, around this corner from. Whole Foods. Right. right, Yes. I would always find that I would just, you know, end up overcooking my kale chips. And so I, yeah, I tend to, to buy them. Buy them. Yeah. 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 And then they even have, you know, soy nuts or soy or chicken. Oh, I love soy nuts too. Love soy nuts. And I like to get the ones that has the, uh, what is that? It slips my mind. It's tangy. It's hot. It's like lime, like chili lime. Chili lime, chili mm. lime, or or the um, mm, you know when you get sushi 
the wasabi, the, ginger. wasabi. that's yes, what i'm looking yes. for yes the yeah. wasabi soy nuts are really good yeah, yeah those are yes. really good yeah, and I I have actually tried to do the chickpea kind of roast. Uh, you put it at a low temperature, you know, moderate temperature in the oven. You put your own flavors and spices on it, and that actually comes out quite nice. Yeah, you know, well. that's actually a snack in in, in Trinidad. Yeah. They sell it in the grocery store. The chickpeas that that's like deep fried roasted. or roasted yeah. with yeah. Uh, with some hot sauce or something, salt and pepper. Oh, and, yeah, yes. and you know, and people are drinking their beer. They Snacking on chickpeas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and there's oh, and there's always you know fried plantain is a, a favorite. I, I love love to, it. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. We come from yes. countries where we know about plantain. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I know we're making making everybody hungry. This goes to show that you know you can snack, but they are healthy snacks. They are healthy alternatives. Exactly. There are so many yes. you know ways to enjoy a variety of healthy foods yeah. and again this is where you can introduce it to your kids when they're young yeah. right start giving letting them try and see okay which brand or which flavor is your favorite right make it a competition or like a little taste test for the you right know, right right actually like just recently i did a pub batch of um roasted uh, plantains little mm-hmm. chips and sprinkled some paprika on it and okay. and i'm sitting working and have that as a side snack right, you know right. so healthier base yeah yeah good well i see you as a mom changing the world using your voice to help mothers live better with yoga finances through renu vitae how do you create balance and joy you know with all that you're juggling for yourself i take time to walk i have a dog and we go for long walks and that allows me to think allows me to deflate it allows me to rejuvenate allows me to distress and uh, it doesn't have to be something that is costly just put on your walking shoes and take a walk and now that the weather is warming up there will be a lot of people doing it and and even with covid you can wear your mask on and go walking now don't let covid hold you back i think a good walk is a great way to distress Sometimes I also put out my yoga mat and we can do some yoga stretches that also helps. Just uh, just the breathing techniques helps in de-stressing. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people, they overlook that. They think, oh, this is too simple to really work. But if you try it, you will see it is very yeah, effective. Powerful. Very yes. effective. Yes. That's yeah, so. Mm-hmm. That's great. And, you know, as we're winding down... What would you say to yourself as a younger mom or to, you know, the young moms out there, you know, as far as kind of getting started with all of this, whether it's, you know, finances and saving, how do, how, you know, where should we start, you know, with, with ourselves and with our children? Yeah. First of all, I would say start listening more. Start listening to our kids because kids perform so well if they know what is expected of them. They need boundaries. They do. Just don't keep those boundaries too closed in. Open up the boundaries a little bit. Let them know that you love them regardless of what. Let them understand what you expect and they will step up to the plate and hit you a home run. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think children love pleasing their parents. And if the parents just allow them, give them the space, they can. Now for moms, how how do you start? 
start by taking care of yourself first mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. you are better equipped to take care of the family. Maybe you can get a massage for yourself once a month. Mm-hmm. Just some me time, some mom time. Mm-hmm. It's amazing when you give yourself, even if it's one hour, how much better equipped you are to take care of the rest. I yeah. try to give them, I try, even as an adult, I still, I schedule a monthly massage because it just does so well for me. Even my walking, my yoga and a massage. And I get, you know, some pampering, you know, I That's get right. my nails done, you know, <laughs> hair, whatever it is, whatever it is. I see some moms, they like walking through the malls. They don't have to spend any money. They just like, this is their time for themselves and they browse around and window shop. I'm not a big mall person. I prefer to go walk outside or something, something like that. But the bottom line, my message today is for moms to be better equipped to take care of their family. They have got to start by taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Take care of yourselves. Make sure you are eating right. Make sure you know who you are. I heard this at one time and I use this as an analogy as I deal with my clients today. This was a story. I'm sorry, I didn't pen it. So it's someone else's story. But they said that someone asked this lady, she went into Burger King. And they said, well, what is your favorite? What would you like to order? And she spent a lot of time reading the menu and she could not decide. But if you asked her what was her son's favorite, she knew. What her husband's favorite, she knew. Her daughter's favorite, she knew it. She knew for each one of her kids what their favorite was. She did not know what her favorite was because she didn't have one. She never took the time to figure out what she liked, but she knew what everybody in her family liked. And she would order for everybody and go home and she would eat what everybody didn't want. As a mom, she was the cleanup campaign. She was eating what everybody did not want. So she really didn't have a favorite. She didn't know what her favorite was. So that day that she was tasked with ordering for herself, she was stuck. And that is how a lot of us moms are in life. We don't know who we are. We know our families like the back of our palms. We know what everybody likes, everybody's favorite dish. We know what their colors are. We know how to do different things for everybody in our family. But when it comes to us, we don't know anything about ourselves because we never took the time. My suggestion today for all the moms out there listening, learn who you are. Learn what your likes and dislikes are. Understand who you are as a person. When that mirror looks back at you, know who that person is that's looking back. Take good care of that person physically and mentally and you will be best equipped to take care of your family. Very, very powerful. Incredible <laughs> words to, <laughs> to end on. Thank you. Cause we do need to make that time to yes. get to know ourselves. And, yes, yes. you know, I, I echo that and we talk end each show by talking about that self-care and that yes. self-attention. And Renovita plays a huge role in that. That's what mm-hmm. I try to help people identify is reconnect, renew, Mm -hmm. restore, revive, Mm -hmm. understand who they are, understand who you are so that you can better take care of the world. That's wonderful. Great. So if people want to talk with you more and connect with you, 
how can they get a hold of you? I have a Facebook page that uh, they can look to Renovita, R-E-N-U-V-I-T-A, or they can reach me via, my telephone number is there, 334. Uh, should I say my number? Is it okay to say my number? Wherever, however you want people to get oh, Okay, 334-328-2789. You can reach mm-hmm. me by telephone or via my Facebook page. And we will set up a strategy session and just have a chat and see where you are and how Renovita can help you. Powerful. Great. Great. And I often also like to close when I can with a a meditation or a reflection. And I know that, you know, you are a specialist in that area. So I don't know if there's a simple, you know, either breath meditation or something simple on discovering ourselves that we can close with. I think our moms would would really benefit from that. Well, I give... A few nuggets on finance. So I will close with one nugget on breathing. So let's sit up, all of your listeners. I would say sit up tall by planting the hips into the chair or the floor or wherever you are. Close your eyes. Make sure your chin is up so that the spinal column is in a straight line. All the vertebrae are lined up properly and you're not slouching. Shoulders are back and relaxed. Holding the head up, you're almost stretching the neck out. Let's take a deep breath into the nose. Breathe in. Hold it as I count down. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Slowly let it out through the mouth. Let's do that one more time. Deep breath into the nose. Hold it. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, and out slowly through the mouth. That's a great way to help de-stress. Wonderful. It isn't hard, right? To just take three to five cleansing breaths like that. Exactly. Check in. How do I feel? What's going on around me with a renewed perspective? Yes. And we can move move forward. Exactly. Great way to revive. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Wonderful. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for having me, Akua. It has been a pleasure chatting with you today. Absolutely. And that was Dr. Arlene Nichols-Phillips. And if you missed it in the beginning, she's the founder and CEO of Renuvita. Thanks for listening to Moms Changing the World with host Akua Walker. The information shared on this show is meant for educational purposes only and not intended as a substitute for medical intervention or professional therapy. All views shared on the show are that of the speakers only and do not represent any institution. To be a part of the community, visit www.momschangingtheworld.org. There you'll find ways to connect with and support the Moms We Interview. Join us next time for more encouragement and support to be a mom changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening.